Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome to The Pew, everybody. It is My name is John Edwards, and I'm sitting here to the left of me, with my co-host and good buddy, Victor Adams, in the pew. So you got to slide on in, grab a seat. There's plenty of room. What's up, Vic? How's it going? Oh, man, I'm doing all right. I'm a little surprised. They actually let us back in here, and then I guess we did all right our first time out because uh, We're just they lucky. didn't lock the doors and, right. and tell us to leave or anything. So, But uh, I do want to take a second to thank all the people that have sent emails, that have responded through text, and just... You know, inundated us with 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 um, good thoughts and kind words yeah, for, for yeah. the first one. You know, mm-hmm. any anytime you put yourself out there like that, you you know you risk um, a, a fear of wondering you know what people are going to think. And we got good responses, so you know, praise be God for that. And you know, just excited to be here again this week. And if you remember last week, we did our our first episode on vulnerability, and you know, to continue that theme. Um, you know, we've. We've been part of a men's group now for two years, and that's been one of our big our big you know themes is, is vulnerability. And one of the things we do in that group is we come together and we sometimes write down our struggles anonymously and pull one out of the uh, out of the bag and you know choose to, to choose to talk about it. So I brought that bag today, and I wanted to know if maybe you could pull something out and uh-huh. see what we got. And I know it's going to be a little. On the spot, and I know that's not mm-hmm. your thing, but uh, you know maybe we can just figure out what it is and, and see where the spirit leads us. Gotcha. All right. All right. Well, um, I think this is something that uh, most men can identify with. Um, what this um, piece of paper says is, I struggle with giving my full attention to my wife and kids, feeling distracted. Uh, I'm sorry. What'd you say? Feeling distracted. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't get that. Would you? One more time. Distraction. Oh, okay, distraction. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> man, I, I'm pretty sure we all could. Uh, I wasn't the one I expected you to pull out, but uh, I expected lust or something like that with a group of men. But you know, we're all. It's something I'm sure we all, everybody listening to this, you know, male or female, could probably um, just agree to that they, they've experienced in their life. Um, why don't we just? I tell you what, since this is fresh off the out of the bag, why don't we just uh, try to figure out couple things in our lives that you know i'm sure you've got a couple on top of your head and i can think of some and let's just let's dive into it and see what we can figure out sure yeah you got anything on on your mind immediately oh yeah um i i I can identify with this as well because i know that um with christy i um we've had discussions about things that um that i don't pay attention there's times where she would ask a question and I would be in my mind palace somewhere and then it would be totally uh, not ignoring her, but it would be like um, just uh, no concept of time. Uh, it passes. And um, and that's kind of where we would kind of get a little frustration in, in the marriage there because not that I would do it on purpose, it's just that, that I would just, I would be, like you said, distracted with whatever it is, like with a, a program or reading or or being on TV, or just thinking deeply about something, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be focused or present at the moment. And um, you know, for us, most of us are two earned income homes. 
right? Our wives work full-time jobs. We work full-time jobs. And and there's a full-time job at the home to take care of what we need to take care of at the house, as well as the kids, school, uh, sports, you know, uh, trips. Um, anything that is a constant um, uh, daily task that we can try to, to keep up because sometimes we will uh, will fail, you know, if we don't have a, something written down. And, and that's where I fail. I, I don't, I'm not good at lists. I don't keep lists very well. I tell you, I'm just, I'm still hung up. I'm a little jealous. You have a mind palace. I have like a mind shanty or a shack. <laughs> I, I got that from Sherlock Holmes, you know. I hear you, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Well, no, you're exactly right. I mean, there's, there's always going to be things that distract us. And one, you know, one for me that, that used to be big, I've sort of uh, eliminated it now. But, you know, I was a huge Denver Broncos fan. And and on Sundays, I mean, I, I, had, I bought Sunday ticket. And, you know, what would what should have been, you know, uh, one football game at 3 o'clock in the afternoon slowly became, well, now I can watch any game I want all day. And the next thing I knew, I was from noon until 10 o'clock at night when Sunday night football was over. You know, I spent all day long away from my family, mm-hmm. away from my children. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of guys out there can can uh, attest to this, but you know, you'll have those, those things where you're watching something and, you, you, you think you remember a body passing by in your peripheral vision and maybe somebody uttering something. And, you know, most of the time that's what was happening to me was I was so into these things that honestly, in the grand scheme of things, didn't matter. Like when I die, I don't think God's going to say, hey, great job watching 1,300 Broncos games in your life and all those other games you didn't really care about. You know, but Angela would – I remember she'd come into a room after a commercial break and say, like, did you not hear me? Ask you to move the laundry an hour ago? Did you not hear me ask you to vacuum? Did you not hear me? And then what would it do? It cause a fight because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'm not. You know, I'm watching the game right now. You know, I'm doing this. You, I'm not. You know, I'll do that later. And later never came. And what that what it does is it causes problems, right? Your your wife tends to start looking as like I can't depend on you. And why does he think that I'm the one that has to do all these things? Make lunches for the kids, um, prepare for the school week do the laundry, make the beds, all those things. And what it does is it causes a separation between between you and your wife. And that's what, you know, the devil, there's a reason that people refer to him as the great tempter. He wants to put things in front of you that are going to keep your attention away from your wife and your kids. And the reason for that is because he knows that God chose to show his love to the world through the family, through the unitive function of a, of a man and a woman coming together and creating life and love. And he's going to do whatever he can to try to break that up, to cause problems, to to cause divorce, to have children to feel as if they have a father that doesn't care about them. And, you know, for me, for a long time in my life, it was drinking and watching football on a Sunday. And, you know, now what I've done is I switched to Comcast. You know why? Because Comcast doesn't have direct TV. I can't buy games that are out of market that I want to watch. And I made up my mind that, you know, I don't I don't want to go back when I, you know, whenever I do meet the Lord and him say, John, you spent, you know, every Sunday for 10 years. And if you add up all those hours, you gave up every opportunity you had, all those hours every Sunday to form your children, to show them they had a father who cared about them, to make sure they went to church, to spend time praying or reading with them or, or whatever it may be, even just being present, physically present with them. So that was one that was, that popped in my, my, my head immediately. Well, and you don't want missed opportunities. You know, you don't want to miss opportunities to, to, to form your kids. Um, 
and to to really let your wife know that you're there to help her help her out because we're already be helpmates for each other and and you know times i've failed that in the past and that's been a conflict um where we can't come back together and i do better i try to you know do what i can to do that and and that's the reconciliation that needs to be done in marriage because marriage is a sacrament right you know we're there for each other we have to be there for each other well i, I think that's a lot of problems i mean if you interviewed a lot of people I think it might take a little while getting to the root of it, but people who have been divorced or, or they're just not getting along, I think it's because of this type of thing. Is is just people we're so self involved today, right? I mean, what we have going on is what we have going on. It's all about our social media world or what's going on with us, what problems we encounter during the day. And I know personally myself and a lot of men that we've talked to, you know, they struggle with work. I mean, a lot of people are unhappy with what they do for a living. They come home, they've, in my in my experience, you know, I was a salesman for 23 years until recently. And one of the things I came home with all the time was stress because all day long, people looked at me with problems. This, your service level isn't what it should be. This guy on the phone I talked to was rude. It was always problems that were normally caused by some something else in my world. But I was the one that had to deal with them. And a lot of times when I hit that door on the way home, I was exhausted. I was irritated. I was annoyed. I didn't. The last thing I wanted to do was hear about someone else's problems, even my wife and my kids. And there was times I remember walking in the door and Ansel would have a list of things that, you know, that you need to talk about with your wife. Hey, this broke. Hey, this bill came in. Do we have the money for this? Are we going to pay this here? Hey, this kid has this practice. This kid has this choir thing. This kid needs to be at church at this time. What are we going to do this? What part are you going to take? And I would throw my hands up there and go, look. I'm not dealing with any of that right now, okay? I'm going to go pour a whiskey drink. I'm going to sit down in a chair. I'm going to put my feet up, and I'm going to watch TV. And and you know what? I don't care what's for dinner. I mean, but I'm not going to be the one doing it. So just let me know, and when it's time to eat, I'll come make a plate. I'll come sit back in front of the TV, and, and, uh, and you know, and I'll just, when it's time to go to bed, I'll say night to you, and I go to bed. You know, and, and, and that's just not the way that we're meant to live. I mean, that is, that is completely... You know, two ships sailing in different paths through the night. You know, and, and like you said earlier, your your wives now it's not 1960 anymore. Mm-hmm. Women have full time jobs just like men do, and they yet we still look at them as well. Have you taken care of the kids? Have you fed them? Have you bathed them? Have you cooked me dinner? Have you done this? And that's that's just not a viable option anymore. We're we're called to be a part of that family life. It is no longer. Where the father just goes and earns the money and you sit down and you don't do anything. You know, our wives, our children, we need they, they need us in our lives. And that's part of the problem, I think, not only with the Catholic Church, but with every church in the country, is that men have simply checked out of their lives, out of their out of their, their lives of faith, their family lives, and just assume that I'm doing this one thing. You, you got a roof over your head, you got clothes on, there's food on the table. And, and then the rest of the time is just about me. Mm-hmm. And it's just utter and and just just ugly selfishness. I mean, we all have it. That's why we feel like, I want to live in my world. I want to do my thing. I don't want to be disturbed right now. And we can't live that way. No, well, that's a, the key to the word you said, selfishness, right? Whenever we're selfish, what do we do? We, we, we remove ourselves from God's grace mm-hmm. every time. So when we remove ourselves from God's grace, what happens? We're, we surround ourselves by more temptation, more sin, more anger, lust, anything that will drive us a wedge between us and our family. So how can we meditate where we can you know, reconcile that selfishness? 
what's something that you you kind of um, would, would talk about like how, if someone's listening right now yeah. obviously what what can we give them some you know something that where we've learned from our past mistakes that can mm-hmm. help with, you know with that well, hopefully you're not distracted because i think this is pretty good right now <laughs> but uh no i mean you you know I was talking to somebody the other day, and we were talking about distraction, and they mentioned, you know, if somebody's distracted, they they know there's a problem. They know what the problem is. And often we like to hide behind those things, right? We we identify an issue, but, man, as men, we're really terrible about taking care of it, right? We want to we want to gripe. We want to we want to moan and and just and and just get caught up in it. And that's playing exactly into the devil's hands. Like, man, I know in my life so many times with so many different things. I spend more time worrying about what the problem is that I've identified than doing anything about it. Um, you know, I often think, man, one day I'm gonna get, I'm gonna see a list of all these hours I've worried about something. And I'm gonna go, man, if I had just done something about it, mm-hmm. I could have all those things I could have done for other people, for for myself, whatever, with a, with that time period. And that's what the devil wants to keep you because if he can keep you just run around your head, oh man, I know I'm distracted, and it's because. I just want to drink or I just, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm caught up in lust and pornography or whatever it is. Then he keeps you so twisted up. You don't do anything about it. And he just sits there. And in my mind, I have a picture of him just laughing at you because he's going, he's like watching a dog chasing his tail. Mm-hmm. You're, you're never going to get it when you do. You, you, there's nothing there. You, you're still in the same place. So what I've done in the instance of the football, I just made up my mind one day that, look, you know, money's tighter now than it was. I don't need to spend three hundred dollars to watch football games. One, it's a waste of money, and one, it's a waste of my time. So, if I if I just switch providers, or if I just say I'm not going to do it anymore, then I take that distraction away. But the thing you got to be careful with is they can easily be replaced with another one. Mm-hmm. So, what I decided at that moment was I'm going to take that away, and I'm going to purposely spend time with my wife and kids. Maybe it's going to the children's museum here in Memphis, or maybe it's going to the zoo, or just Playing a board game, or, or sitting with them, or 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 taking them to, to church to, to pray a rosary, or, or to adoration, something to replace the negative with something good. Because the thing I want, I didn't want to do was look back in ten years from now, and when my kids aren't going to church, when my kids may not be the best people, they're not treating people the right way, their heads are stuck in phones and iPads and video games. I didn't want it to look back. I didn't want to look back and see that as my fault. Because guess what? They saw what dad did. And what was important to dad was television. What was important with dad was work. What was important to dad was checking emails. What was important to dad was anything other than me. And that's what I, I decided I wanted to avoid. So to answer your question, I think with any distraction in our life, we've got to we've got to realize it first. And we all do. You wouldn't be thinking about it if you didn't know it was mm-hmm. a problem. You gotta address the problem and move on. That's what's being a mature adult's all about. Is getting rid of that immaturity of just, well, man, I got a problem and this problem really stinks and all I do is think about this problem and I wish this problem would go away. It's not going to go away. You got to be a man, address it and identify with it. And I guarantee and move on from it. I guarantee if you're able to do that, you're going to see your 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 marriage blossom because your wife is now going to see, wow, something's different with him and I didn't have to hit him with a broomstick, you know, or or frying pan to get him to do it. Something happened on his own. He realized this was an issue, and I can visibly see him trying to move past it. And to your wife, that's going to mean the world to her because it wasn't 
some constant nagging. It's just you saying she's going to see that as a sign of man. He, I don't know what happened, but he, but he loves us. You know, he's something's different about him, and it's going to change your relationship with your children, with your wife. And it, it, I'm telling you, I've experienced it in my life, and it's a beautiful thing. Well, talking about that change, like Ephesians five, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have that in front of me, but it's when Paul's calling men to love their wives, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I've got it written down yeah. here. It's to, to quote the verse: "It's husbands love your wife, even as Christ loved the church and handed Himself over for her." Yeah, and, and then, that's the blueprint. It is. Yeah, it is, and it's and it's incredibly hard for men. I mean, we are we are selfish, immature boys. It doesn't matter if you're sixty five, fifty two, forty one, thirty eight, whatever age you want to pick, we have an innate desire to just do what we want to do. And we have to fight it. The devil knows that. He plays off of it. And you're exactly right. So looking at that verse, Christ loved the church and he handed himself over for her. So our wives, our family, we're, we're called to be the priests of our, of our family, right? So we're supposed to treat our family as Christ treated treat the church. So what does that mean? Christ died for the church. So are we physically going to go jump in front of a car for our family every day? No. You, I mean, that's that, that's not what that means. What it means is to realize your selfish desires, to realize that there's going to be a pull by the world, the flesh, and the devil to call you away from other people, to keep your focus on yourself. And and to be like Christ, we have to tell ourselves no. We have to die to ourselves. You're going to live if you don't watch that episode of NCIS. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. going to live if you don't get to go for a run one day. Or if you don't get to go bike, or if you don't get to go to a bar and drink beer with your buddies. And the, the more you can say no to yourself, the more the easier it's going to be to say yes to Christ and his desires. And what's at the top of that list? Being present for your family, being the father, the husband, the brother, the son that he created you to be. Because, you know, in my experience, every step you step you take away from yourself is a step closer to Christ. And and Christ is at the center of your family. And that's just I mean that's 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 what that verse means. And and you know, I think you said meditate earlier. I think that's what a lot of men need to do is read verses like that and really dive into them and see what it means in their life. Not just black words on a white page and a story for another person, but what does that mean for you? So I mean what Victor, I mean how does that what is that you what's your translation of that? Well, you know, I've been reading a lot of Bishop Fulton Sheen and I mean he just his words just come right off the page for me and um you know, he says that we need to love our wives as Christ loved the church, which means he called it his beloved. And and those are powerful words, loaded words like beloved. I mean, that's showing that you elevate, that you 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 desire everything to go well. You know, whatever you can do to improve the relationship, that's what that word means to be but you know, to be beloved or just love someone that much. And and I think for husbands if we we put our wives as the beloved, I mean, just think about the intimacy. You know, not just the physical, but the the whole encompassing process of what intimacy intimacy really is, and and that just and it's just everything. Yeah. I mean, think about okay. So, so we've grown a lot through the men's group. Mm-hmm. All of us, we all help each other, and and all of us can definitely point to the when we started to where we are now that our marriages and our relationship in our marriages have improved greatly because mm-hmm. we hold each other accountable we talk about it but yet we also know what's important now mm-hmm. well actually i came in a lot of money and i just started buying my family everything and they yeah. just seemed to get happier it was, it was a miracle how that happened but 
of course I'm being facetious, mm-hmm. but you know, you're exactly right. And there's there's another side of this too. So we've talked about a lot of the negative things, the bringing work stress home, and you know, I like I said, I've I can remember several times where my kids just met me at the door and daddy, 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 and not right now, kids. I, I just I've been dealing with stuff all day. I'm not doing that. I just well, daddy, would you play a board game with us? Sure, I'll play a board game. And my idea of doing that was them putting a board game on the floor, me sitting above them in a recliner, and about two seconds into it, pulling my phone out, saying, you guys go ahead and play. And and those are all the negative things. But one thing I want to say, too, that we have to be care- careful with is some positive things we're doing, right? I mean, when I started to change my life, all I wanted to do was withdraw and go to adoration and go sit in, in an empty church by myself to pray or to read the Bible or read countless Catholic books or to pray rosaries. And we got to be careful about that too. Not as if that's a bad thing, but we have to be good judges of our time. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, does that make sense to do at 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the evening when you first get home? To run off and shut a door and to spend two hours with the Lord, which is great. I, like, like I'm not saying spending time with the Lord is great. But we have to be good stewards of our time. You know, does it make sense to do that when you know your children are going to be up till 8, 8.30, 9 o'clock, to do that then or to spend the time you have with them, helping grow grow with them, maybe doing some of that stuff with them, waiting for them to go to bed, waiting for dinner to be over, all these things, and to do that stuff, that great stuff that we all need to grow at a time after they've gone to bed. I mean, that's, it, it's. I think it's important to, to really point out that distractions don't have to be negative things, that they can also be good things and we have to be good judges of, of our time and, and and really uh, make sure that the time that, we, that God gives us, that gift and that blessing of of, of um, spending time with our family and with others, to be frank, we need to we need to take advantage of that when it's when it's presented to us. Well, what you were just saying kind of had a flashback because um, I'm a new convert and I just came into church on April, and I was so like over, you know, on fire, you know, and I would be like Adoration Chapel, I'd be reading, reading, studying, studying. And uh, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to daily mass. And, and where she's like, um, that's great, but I need you here too. And like you were just saying, that those you have to make sure that you, you balance your family with your faith, your study, and your prayer life. And because, and you know, your, your, your family is what God gave you control over to, to take care of and to protect. Mm-hmm. And, and you can't, I can't be a monk and be married at the same time. You can't do that, right? Yeah. So I, you know, and 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 I want to spend that the equal time with my wife, with my kids, and then have that intimate time with God as well, and and that's something that I think when we get to that point, I'm still not there, you know, but when we get to that point where that balance is equal, the equilibrium and everything is there, then you know, a continuation of your 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 heart, your peace that you find in yourself, um, is is the rewarding aspect of, of, of your faith. No, I would agree with you. And I just, like I said, I mean, the, the devil, he wishes to, to separate you from your family mm-hmm. and, and, and from others, quite frankly. He wishes for us to be isolated, to walk alone. And, you know, I've been reading a lot lately on Theology of the Body, which addresses a lot of this stuff with the family and, and, um, and just really realizing everybody is a gift, you know, because it's not just a distraction with family. It can also be with everybody who walks in front of you. I mean, if you got a desk job and you're working on something, and how many times has a fellow employee walked by you and wanted to say something to you? 
And you're just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, whatever, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Uh, leave me alone. This guy's weird. I don't want to talk to him. Whatever. And you missed an opportunity right then that maybe God put that guy in your path because he needed he needed some encouragement. Maybe he knows that you're trying to live your life in a different way. And, and he just wanted to experience some of that for a minute. And, you know, every person that comes into our radius, whether it's our children, our wives, our friends, people we don't like, I mean, it's all it's all a gift from God. And if we're not receiving that, if we're not open to that, to 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 use the words of a NBA player here in town, Tony uh, Tony Allen, to put your antennas up, you know, and realize, get your head out of your own um, out of your own head. I guess yeah. I can't use the other <laughs> word, but out of your own head, um, you're you're going to miss so much around you. The opportunities to just for other people to come into your life and bless your life, mm-hmm. and then in turn for you to, to to come into theirs and bless theirs. Because God, God didn't send us on this earth to be self-centered and no. to live in a bubble. You know, He wants us out there looking for opportunities to make a difference in someone's else, someone else's life. And the people that we need to do, I, I think so often we think, man, God tells us to evangelize. I'm going to run out there and grab the first person on the street I see. But evangelization starts in the home. It starts with your family. Amen. Yeah. You know, if you want the church to change and get through this time that we're going through right now, then start with your family so that you're raising up Good, wholesome, caring children that want to live in the church, that want to breathe the church, that want to help build the church for the future. And that's never going to start if they have a father or if you have a friend or a, a husband or whatever it is that has that walks around only concerned with self. You know, God gave us the ability to change people's lives. And I think that's that's at the heart of all this. We've got to, we've got to notice, we've got to remember that the devil is trying to distract us, keep us from other people that his whole plan is to destroy the family and that we just can't play into it anymore. You know, it's time for 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 our immature, selfish ways, or the, the boys in us, to to realize that that's still there and it's a strong pull and to start saying no to it and to start standing up and saying this is not, this is no longer important to me, that, uh, that, that what's important to me is being the person I was created to be. Gotcha. What do you think we did pretty well on that question? <laughs> for for uh, pulling right out of the bag and not knowing what the heck was coming out of there, yeah, I think yeah. we did pretty good. So, yeah. But uh, you hear the music, I do too. I want to thank Ben Abney, by the way, for giving us that music. Yes. It's awesome. He's a Holy Rosary uh, music teacher and a great friend. But why don't we go ahead and uh, just uh, just close with a prayer. And I've got one here that I wrote down off the top of my head. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come together and examine our lives. We ask that you bless us all and you keep us from distraction, both from you and our families. Lord, help us to see every person in our path as a gift from you. Remind us to treat them that way. Help us to be ever-present to those around us and your will in our lives. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.